And, and we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. We're back. And you know where you are because you've clicked on Overworked and Underpaid Podcast. Either on Spotify or YouTube. So thank you. It means a lot. Yeah, please. We're slowly crawling with the with the followers. And every one of you, really, it means a lot. It does. We last week was it fifteen or seventeen followers? Yeah. So that on Instagram. Yeah. And now it's twenty three. We've leveled up. I'm just happy. I'm so happy. Oh no! Also, should we talk about our Twitter mention? Oh, we had a Twitter mention from. I think it's John Fry, the the podcast, podcast guy. <laughs> so thanks. That's really kind of you. Um, and he listened to the social media good and the bad, which was last week's. And we just appreciate it. I mean, I know that was probably nothing for you, but it's just really nice. It's a milestone for us. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> we were very a huge milestone. Yeah. Just to just to be like aware that someone is listening that's not our friend. No, just there a are random people guy actually listening, actually listening to us. So, how's your week been, Wins? I've been okay. It's, haven't so, been doing much, to be honest. No, we've been working hard as ever. As usual, but the weather's nice. Yeah, today um, has been the first day, so it's Thursday, the first day that it's been warm. And I am sweating. She was saying how she was melting. She said, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't take this weather. It's the first day it's been actually warm. I know, but I just, it's been... I think I've just been running around. I've been in buildings. I've not really been outside. No. Which I'm normally mm. outside a little bit. So I felt like I've missed out on my, um, what is it, melanin? Yeah. Vitamin C. Vitamin C. Vitamin C. Like, I just haven't had that intake today. And also, uh, Specsavers, I have something to say to you. Oh. So um, I'm on a monthly subscription with Specsavers. So they yeah. deliver my contact lenses. Yes. Oh, it's not monthly. It's every... Uh, the money comes out monthly, but they deliver every sort of three months. And they, are, at the minute, after COVID, they're now always a couple of weeks late, which means I've run out of contact lenses. So I end up ordering random ones to just get me by. Not from Specsavers. No, not from Specsavers. just like cheap online. Um, and I put... the Today was the day I ran out. I thought, God. Here we go. And I put these ones in today and they're just actually not my prescription. So I'm partially blind today. Did you not get, did you not put in the right prescription? When I you think I did order? because okay. I am minus 1.75, but on there they're minus 1.5. And trust me, that 0.15 is making a difference. Mm -hmm. And it is weird. You just feel really detached from the world when you're blind. <laughs> oh, I can't see from I just eye. feel like I can't. I'm not, I'm not here today. I'm a bit, like, fuzzy. So I might have to wear my glasses tomorrow. But anyway, you'll, you can, you'll see. Oh, and the other day, Zoe was complaining about her air freshener. <laughs> she was saying how it was making her ill and that she wanted to go home. Yeah, it was just sort of a ploy to go home. But honestly, it, and the same thing happened this morning. What, the air freshener? Yeah. Just take it out of your car. I like it, though. No, it's, it's like a love-hate relationship. I love the smell. But it's making you ill. I know, I think I'm allergic to it, but I just, it's called, so it's a Yankee can one and it's called Fluffy Towels. <laughs> <laughs> fluffy, fresh linen towels. And it smells gorgeous. And I paid like top dollar. Well, I paid like 250 for my air freshener. That's quite big. That's quite expensive, very, yeah. But it's Yankee candles, mm. that's why. You've but it actually smells because I've bought air fresheners before, cheap. 
and they don't smell. It drives me up the wall because I'm like, what? You're just hanging there giving me nothing. Have you tried for breezing your car? Mm, yeah, but then that asthma will kick in. Oh, you've got asthma? Yeah, I've got asthma. Okay, don't do that then. <laughs> I won't, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a busy day. It's been a hot day, but we're, we're good. We're all well. We're still good with the tech. Video is coming. Um, last week's video, sorry, the episode two, which was... Bad Jobs. Bad Jobs is online now, finally. I split it into two parts. It's part one, part two can be found. The link's on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can find it if you prefer watching. Um, and then this week's will probably be up, I'd probably by Saturday, as in, sorry, last week's will be up on Saturday, and then I'll get cracking editing this one. I haven't really helped you. I've been... Well, you do the audio. We, we do... And I did leave you to it last week. The editing, so I, with the audio, I try to edit out pauses because I don't want it to be too long, but it's been giving <laughs> Zoe deep, deep. a nightmare yeah. to edit the video while syncing the audio. <laughs> so that's why it's been taking quite long. But it's fine because it's worth it, I think, to cut down on those minutes. You don't want to hear pauses. No. We know that. And we just take care awkward. of you. You're number one. Yeah. Well, so and now I'm going to pause. Right. So we... <laughs> right. Yeah. So Should if you did tune in last week, this week was uh, the music. Well, the theme of music. Sorry. The theme of music. Music. And I've got a surprise for you because I haven't done what I said I was going to do. Oh, Completely okay. diverted. You See, you always surprise me, but then you always know about my themes. You know about mine. Yeah, because you're organised and you like tell me and then I say something which I think I'm going to do and then I look into it and I'm like, I'm not interested enough. I do have those days where I just think... But don't, well, be, don't be afraid should. to change it. But then I think, then I wouldn't have much time to prepare. No, I'm story. the same. So I was literally last night, I hate to break it to you, I was literally like, oh my gosh, quickly, <laughs> what can I do? I was like watching YouTube videos, I was like just researching, which I do really, I have really been enjoying it. I mean, I yeah. wish you just had more more time to properly get my claws in but yeah so theme of music so mine's sort of like based on one specific artist but um I'm talking about other artists to sort of build on my point so it's basically just sort of the pressure um of musicians and um being in the public eye so I'm basically going to start about talking about um musicians where there's conspiracy theories that they fake their own death I love conspiracy theories. Yeah. yeah. Is, I Kurt just, is Kurt Go Cobain? I there? did actually take him out because oh. I don't know enough about Kurt Cobain. That's really annoying because I did take him out, but I thought I would feel really awkward sort of not knowing enough about the artist. But I guess you would have been able to back me up. Well, I don't really know him, no. but I know about events relating to his death. Okay, so you can, you can add on that in a minute. Possibly. So, obviously, I'm going to start with the... King of Pop, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. So he was actually pronounced death on June 25th. And do you know when? 2009. That long ago? Yeah. Oh, gosh. There was drugs found in his bloodstream. The, sorry, the d drug dosage that was found in his bloodstream was so great that his personal physician... Physician? Physician. Conrad Murray was sent to jail for two uh, year prison sentence. Now I do remember that because I remember yeah. how old we were when it all 
I remember it being on the news and it being a, a big, big story. Yeah, I think I was towards the end, or yeah, towards the end of GCSE. Yeah, two thousand and nine. Oh no, I was probably eight. Oh. 2013 was when I did when I was in year 11. Or well, maybe I was in year 9 or year 10. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, it doesn't matter what we were doing because <laughs> who cares? <laughs> um, yes, so the theories, and now I just love that people have come up with this kind of thing. And it could be true, okay? I'm not, I'm not slaying yeah. anyone. So um, there's people that believe that Michael's body could have been faked with a waxwork. What do you think about that? I think that's kind of unlikely mm. and then that michael switched out the bodies in the hospital photos because they look like cancer hospice patients and not like michael and they also there's another one that um they think the body was lifted out of the helicopter rescue um and it looked like a surfboard not a body <laughs> i mean that's a lot of work to go through to fake your death mm, but then it, some people do have a lot of pressure to get out that they want to get out the public eye so badly that they would yeah i don't think i think he was quite ill mentally mentally yeah. ill yeah physically I, I would say so mm. and an easy target would you say absolutely he's just quite an odd well, he person was just, he was just he was strange wasn't he very strange but then just that's and there's another story to go into michael jackson but just his upbringing was just it was awful yeah awful so i think a lot of people that have these issues it derives from childhood childhood which yeah. is yeah so um so there was also, I don't know if you saw it, there was a video, um, well, no, sorry, it was a picture on Instagram that his daughter put up, and he looks like he's in the back seat of the car. He's facing towards the window, and it's like masks his face, and obviously his face is very, you would know his face. Distinctive. Yeah, yeah. very distinctive, that's the word. Um, so you can see his sort of nose that he's changed. Obviously, he's quite flat, isn't it? And, he, yeah. and his sort of pale physique and the hat. Who knows? It it did. I mean, I'll put the picture on Instagram. Actually, I'd like to do that and see what people think. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that believe that was him. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to dwell on Michael Jackson. I'm just using him as to sort of build on my point. Yeah. Now this is interesting. Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. So he died age 42, 16th of August 1977 in Tennessee, um, and he claimed well. He died of a heart attack caused by high, high blood pressure, eucoma, and a large colon and liver damage. Because obviously he was quite a heavy drinker. And he ate a lot. And loads of him. unhealthy food. Mm -hmm. Which, so that all, yeah. He was overweight and unable to do anything without assistance. He was also, keenly heavily dosed up on codeine. But there's a theory that he was trying to escape the public eye because, um, well, this is, Okay, this is very loose, but theorists speculate, uh, thinking, so on his headstone, it was, um, his middle name was Aaron, which is, and it was spelled A-A-R-O-N, but he was, the middle name was, be he was better known as Aaron, A-R-O-N. So they say, oh, why, why is, why was it changed from his headstone? It's really weird. And also, su supposedly, suspicious is the fact that the day after Elvis's death, a man named John Burroughs, which was Elvis's usual alias for hotels, reportedly purchased a ticket to Buenos Aires. Don't know what happened to my voice there. Buenos Aires. Buenos um, Aires. Yeah. So, and then there's a video, and it's hilarious. I'd also like to put this link on the website 
of someone that they believe is Elvis now. And right. it's this it, this is old guy, right, who's wearing like an Elvis fan supporter top, which is fair. If you were trying to hide the fact that you were Elvis, you would do that. Yeah. Um, so it was shared wildly online and it depicts a man walking towards the camera and like flipping two fingers. <laughs> and um the shadow claims is a simple V sign to tell us he is alive. <laughs> Now, this is all, like, just fun and games, but the guy is actually looks really a lot younger than he would be now, which would be 81. Um, yeah, and he wears merch. Elvis merch. Elvis merch. Um, yeah, okay, and then another example. I'm going to use this as my last example before going on to my main artist, um, was actually Marilyn Monroe. So, obviously, you know about Marilyn Monroe's sort of affair with John... Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy, sorry. And quite a few other yes, yes. So she was found dead on August 5th, 1962 in LA, having locked the door and taken an overdose of arbitrate pills. Well, so um, there's lots of conspiracy theories um, that she was murdered by the CIA um, to avoid the actress pushing Mrs. Kennedy out of her first lady status, mm -hmm. which I would... Have you watched Prison Break? No. No. If anyone's watched Pr Prison Break, you would feel it's like the government sort of trying to not let anything leak about um, people that are higher up in the government. So I could see, I could see where they're coming from with this because she was quite a risque woman, wasn't she? But also, then gave women a voice for today and whatever. She was. Yeah, she, she was, was a very big icon, empowering person mm. figure. So that's not so much that she faked her death, that more so that someone else faked her death. But then um, this all leads back to the point that once you get into that musician status and that high status and public eye and things like that, a lot of pressures, there's a lot of things that come with it. A lot of people have mental health issues, and which leads on to um, the artist that I'll be talking about today, which is Amy Winehouse. Which I do is, like her songs a lot. Yeah, which is just, it was quite a tragedy, I think. She died very young, 27? Yes, yeah, 27, I think. How do I not know that? I'm, thought, I'm sure it was 27. No. I think it was, either 26 or 27. 27. Sorry, I will actually confirm that in a minute. Um, but I can tell you when she was born. Well, we could work it out <laughs> Yeah, then. Uh, exactly. September 14, 1983. She died in... 2023, so she was about... I don't know when she died. Oh, 2011. Yeah, around... Tw yeah, 27. Okay, we'll 28. edit that <laughs> quite significantly. <laughs> she was 28 when she died, or 27. Well, just before she turned just 28. Just before she turned 28. And anyone that's listening that... I highly doubt this, but anyone that's listening that doesn't know who Amy Winehouse was. She was a British um, singer-songwriter. She was well-known because she had um, a very unique voice and she was very um, jazzy. Her music was very sort of... It linked back to sort of jazz music and um, she won loads of Grammys. Um, but she was also very well-known for her tempestuous love life and her erratic behaviour and... Um, she did have quite a lot of substance abuse problems. Yeah. But she came from a very, very normal background. I think very she normal. mixed in with the wrong crowd. Yes, and I will talk about him and others mm. 
in a minute. Also, a lot of well, there's a lovely documentary. I say lovely; it's very sad. Um, called Amy. It's all about her life. If you get is a chance. that on Netflix? It's not on Netflix, but you can get it on Amazon Prime. Give that a watch if you fancy it, and you don't want to listen to me anymore. <laughs> um, so she was actually born to a Jewish family. Did you know she was Jewish? No, I don't I know, know that. And she was raised primarily by her mother, who was a pharmacist, and uh, who divorced her father, and he was a taxi cab driver. So when I say they were working class, they were proper working class family. And they didn't, they didn't come from money at all. No. Which shows, because she went to, um, a lot of people will know about the Sylvia Young Drama School and like music college. It's quite a well-known place for getting sort of young people into fame and like a lot of people went there, Ed Sheeran, I think, went there. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and then she also went to the Brit School, which is... Where Adele went. Adele went. But then Ed Sheeran didn't go, as he sings in one of his songs, I didn't go to Brit School. Don't know what song that is, but there is a lyric there. I didn't know this song, but her, de- well, her debut album, Frank, which I never actually heard. I think the I one that was that. her biggest, where she won loads of Grammys, was Back to Black, obviously, which... Um, has songs such as Rehab, Rehab and Back to Black. That's actually one of the songs. Tears Dry on Their Own. Oh, no, Tears that's a different one. Tears Dry on Their Yeah, but that's still in that album. Oh, okay. And that song, actually, He Walks Away, The Sun Goes Down, that is about this, uh, a certain man. This that man. I, well, yeah. I can tell you about now. So she had a lot of um, relationships. And, hey, we don't all pick the right people. It's just, no. Just the way life works, but especially when you're in the public eye like that, I think people take advantage. They want to get to know you and maybe don't have the right interests or or are just generally a bad influence, which I think might have been the... Well, I do think it was the case with Amy Winehouse, bless her. Um, okay, so, yeah, she had lots of relationships, but one that was actually quite detrimental to her was um, a relationship with Blightfield... Blake, not Blake. 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 Blake Fielder Civil, who about whom many of the Heartbreak songs on her next album were written. So as I just sung beautifully a couple of minutes ago, I won't do it again, was about him. And um Did he I Wanna Get she, Drunk with Ray, that's also in her song. Did she no, not did she, did he introduce her to hardcore? Yes. Drugs? So this is where they met. They met on a pub crawl. <laughs> of course. So um Yes, so Amy met the heroin addict, Blake. I'm going to call him FC, but Fielder, a Seville, I think it is. And instantly fell for him. He sort of plunged her more and more into drugs, alcohol. Um, but I'm not just talking a few nights down the pub with a couple of drinks. It's hardcore heroin. Every cocaine, day, every second. Um, alcohol, yeah. She probably had already started dabbling with, but I, I can't say that for sure, obviously, but it doesn't help when the person that's closest to you is probably encouraging you, let's do it, let's have fun, we can have fun together. Yeah, so um, they split up quite a lot because obviously it's very sort of... Um, quite a turbulent yeah, relationship. really turbulent. And a lot of the time they were high, I mean, together. So probably arguing, I don't know. I don't... Not... not yeah. And you wouldn't be in the right mindset if you're all, you know, drugged up, no. intoxicated. No, not of course. So obviously, um, her dad, um, his name was Mitch. Sorry, Mitch Winehouse was his name. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she, he obviously saw what was going on. He's not stupid. He wanted to split them up, um, which he tried to do a lot of the time. Um, and a lot of, so the song Rehab was actually about the unsuccessful, unsuccessful attempt by her father and her manager to put her into rehab. So her saying that they're trying to make me go to rehab, no, and I won't go, go, go. It's actually from that. And her dad was, her dad was coming from the right place, but it became quite controlling. And she was, he was always making her, the documentary expresses this, always making her perform even though she wasn't well. She was, and I have, sorry, I have to add that she had a really bad de- eating disorder as well. She didn't, she didn't, she was quite anorexic. Yeah. So obviously with that, drugs, alcohol, um, she shouldn't then be made to perform. She needs to take care of herself or just to be looked after. Okay, maybe she didn't want to go to rehab, but there are other avenues. But anyway, so he's not portrayed very well, Mitch, in the um, film, in the documentary. Yeah, so um, that was also why she became quite big as well. And sorry, I forgot to mention, she's got obviously her beehive hair, yeah. her big black beehive hair. Her makeup was quite sort of rugged. Thick big eyeliner, yeah, wings, lipstick, um, heavy tattoos. And she was just so skinny and would wear these massive heels on stage. And just looking back at some of her, or oh, they were, they were um, actually referred to the makeup as heavy Cleopatra style, which is a, a good description, actually. Um, but she was just so thin and with these big heels. And that's what she sort of became known as. You'd look, you go, oh, did you see Amy Winehouse on the Grammys? She looked horrendous. She looked out of it. So, yeah, it was kind of sad that that was sort of how she also became known as. Um, so... Um, Mitch Winehouse um, felt that he was very misrepresented in the documentary um, and negative aspects of Amy's life were receiving much more attention than the positive, which is uh, fair enough, um, a fair comment. It does focus on how she became big and it also focuses on um, just her family life. There's a lot of family clips. It's really nice. It makes it even more tragic because she did just come from this normal place and got in working class environment and got thrown into fame at very young and just didn't really know what to do with it and a lot of people that don't know what to do with it and are young they have all this money and they want to just have a good time and do drugs and meet people and it's just it was just turbulent for her and it was horrific. Mitch also said that Amy Franz should consider seeing the film for the rare previously unseen archive footage of his daughter and should pay no attention to the film's general portrayal of her, which he la- he labelled preposterous. Even after the film was nominated for an Academy Award as the best documentary, Mitch Winehouse tweeted, um, 14th of Jan 2016, still hate the film though. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Mitch. Yeah. So ultimately, 18 months after um, Amy and Blake split, uh, yeah, 18 months after they split, Blake knocked on Winehouse's door again, they got married, but the relationship was still not great. Then they got divorced. So it's just so back and forth, which is just horrific. On and off. On and off. Um, her career was concurrently stalling because she would appear on stage drunk and on drugs. Yeah, bouncing off of that, I saw a video of her performing. I don't know which, mm. um, you know, which gig it was, but she did not look well. No. She she was slurring. She didn't know. She didn't remember the lyrics. lyrics. Yeah. She looked. So this is where I think people in the film you can see his dad and her. Sorry, her dad 
just taking her to these performances. And there's one that she goes, I just don't want to go, Dad. And got the manager to pick her up and put her in a cab and take her to a plane to go to this performance that she was just not ready to do. But because I think he was so wanting her career to go well, and it did probably came from a place of love but also just money and it was just very um toxic and I just it's the well, I I know that the um documentary can be biased or just maybe a misrepresentation but yeah um but as yeah. a loving parent you, you just, wouldn't want to force your child into mm. something that they don't want to do but it seemed like she would get better and she would sort of she wouldn't go to rehab but she had her uh, father took her to an island and she just was off everything basically and then Blake would come back in and then it would go back so it was just like she couldn't win um so on July 23rd July 23rd sorry 23rd of July American 2011 her bodyguard found her dead in her London apartment and they say the cause of death was alcohol poisoning but um I watched the um autopsy report the autopsy program on it which said that she had a mixture of cocaine and crack cocaine and um paracetamols and alcohol and she was actually lying on her front which was suppressing her lungs and if she'd actually maybe not lying on her front she could In actually the recovery be position, she could perhaps. actually still be here today which is but then do you want her to carry on in this life of no because it's, it's just a constant battle of going on drugs off drugs mm. but then going on alcohol mm. off alcohol and it, to, but just constantly to so go through that and there's lots of people that go through that but going through that and through the public eye with everyone constantly watching oh is she going to be pissed today on stage oh is she how is she doing where is she and tabloids would just make up things and okay a lot of the time that's true you would just have to read that all the time i just don't know how she did it bless her and rest in peace <laughs> amy yeah and just then she was um became sort of quite an icon and there's a lovely statue of her in Camden which is where she grew up which if no one's seen it before definitely go and look um seen it an English journalist said she could uh, bring songs like no other uh, but she was unable to live her own life which I think is um a really good statement for me to end on very tragic indeed yeah well done Zoe that was a good story you got there quite tragic yeah sorry I think Oh, no, it's fine. Tragic. My my one last week was quite deep. I'll try and do a happy one then. Yeah, and then the mortician. <laughs> and then the mortician. It's all been death, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what's on her mind yeah. lately. Just feeling sad, guys. Um, my one is slightly a bit more uplifting. Good. It's on music therapy. So what do you think of when I tell you the words music therapy? I just immediately hone in on the word therapy, and I think it means that you use music to help you feel better, like well-being? Yeah. So music therapy is generally used for helping people who have been affected by injuries. So, for example, stroke, those who have had traumatic head injury, obviously mental health disorders, Mm -hmm. or those going through grief. And I've looked on the British Association for Music Therapy website, Mm and they coin it as a therapy through the engagement in live musical interaction and play between a therapist and client. I don't know, portray their feelings and emotions. 
Um, it's a wide range of musical styles and instruments that you can use, including the voice and the music is often improvised. And also on the site, it says that a music therapist needs to have a master's degree in music therapy and must be registered with the Health and Care Professions Council. And the title... A master's, so not even just an undergraduate. No, it's not enough. You've got to have a master's in... Yeah. Music therapy specifically, and I'm sure there's not a lot of unis that do that. No, I have, I have actually heard. I think one of my friends might have done it. Okay. Music therapy. Well, that's good. If you need a ther music therapist, they uh, will give you the details. Um, so the music therapist term is legally protected by law. And only those registered with the HCPC, which is the Health and Care Professions Council, can use it. So you can't just claim yourself as a music therapist just because you can play the drums. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to work hard and actually earn the title. But there's been quite a lot of research and studies where they study the effects of music on the brain and how it can be used as a rehabilitation method. So in this documentary... So is it, so is it um, when you say study on the brain, are they looking at chemicals? Yeah, so they would... They would look at the brain under a scan, um, just any type of brain scanner. Then they would give the patient music to listen to. And then we'd study what happens. Yeah. Wow. So look at the different activity in the brain, which parts of the brain have more activity than the others, when music are being played. Um, so the ABC Science channel has made a documentary about this where researchers show the power of music on the brain. And they've conducted these studies on dementia patients in a care home using music therapy. To help oh, in a care home, in a care home, and more specifically, dementia patients, because they've got memory issues, of course, mm. a lot of confusion, which results in agitation. Can, has dementia, mm -hmm. but then has this piece of music. Well, it's not even a piece of music. I think he then, from memory, has listened to this piano piece and starts playing the piano like he's because it's all mess muscle memory mm. and then if you listen to certain music that evokes a special memory in your brain so clever our brains i think we don't give them enough credit we don't um they didn't use music therapy in the traditional sense so you know how before i was saying that music therapy was through a live engagement interaction between play no sorry between therapist and a client so how you can play the instruments and all of that they didn't use that sort of music therapy so what they would do is they would put headphones on their heads where else <laughs> <laughs> on their knees <laughs> yes so they put the headphones on yeah so that they would customize a playlist depending on the patient whether it's songs that they've listened to when they were younger or songs that just have a special meaning to them. But each patient would have a sp specific playlist and they would use that as a form of music therapy. Aww. So the thing about these dementia patients, they're sitting in their... Well, I have to just quickly say this because it's very... It's to do with... 
my granddad said at home and um the other day I went yesterday sorry this patient was had dementia yeah you know I was wearing that red headband which I have actually worn on this before you're wearing a he- red headband yesterday I was wearing like a red headband you probably don't remember but it's fine and um so I was walking out of this care home and this dementia patient obviously she was like oh, can I come to the lift with you? And I was like, yeah. She said, where are you going? Where? She said, um, where are you going? I'm going home and I've got to get there quick. And I was like, all right, we'll, we'll go. She went, oh, I love your red hat, your pretty red hat. She goes, I'm not sure on the colour, but um, I thought you were going to change it up in this house. Like, just complete gobbledygook. Yeah. It was just really sweet. Anyway, I just thought I'd, that was a little anecdote from that's cute. my they, little life. That's cute. Yeah. Old people not just dementia patients, but elderly people, they want that interaction yeah, because they don't have any so of that. Important. Sorry, we digress. We're going back to what I was saying. Um, headphones, um, they, they look like a shell. They look like a shell. They didn't seem particularly happy. So in this documentary, you can really tell they're not really doing much. Right, you watched the documentary? Yeah, I said it was a documentary from ABC Science. Sorry. Clearly wasn't listening. No, I think the, the alarm went on my phone or I was... You got distracted. Got it's fine. But this is based on... Can we, where can we find this? YouTube. I will... I've got the links ready. Thanks. It's on my notes. Thank you, because I'd like to watch it. It's a really nice one. It's not It's not too long. I think it's maybe just over 20 minutes long. Nice. Oh, that's a nice, easy watch. It's an easy watch. So, yeah, they look like a shell. They don't look particularly happy. But once you put the headphones on their ears, they come alive. So this lady, so before they put um, the headphones on her, she was sitting next to her son and they were asking her, who's this person next to you? Oh, well, he's not my husband. He's definitely not my dad. Oh, I can't remember. And it's just really sad to watch that. And the son is just sitting there, it's you know, quite disheartened because he's seeing his mum not recognising him. And, it's horrific. And obviously he was trying to comfort her, saying, it's okay, it's it's life. I just wish that, I hope there will be a time where there's, a, well, the research stuff is going into it, but they can have some sort of... A cure or a better sort of treatment. Yeah, just an under, a better un- understanding of it. I know we know, but there's so, I didn't realise how many different types of dementia there are. That, there's quite a few. Alzheimer's. But then there's like different lobes that... It like, affects. If you have, yeah, one... It affects one lobe, it means you've got a certain type, and it affects the other lobe, you've got a different type. It's really because different lobes in your brain have different functions, so it affects different cognitive abilities. And she just seems really cheerful. But that's the thing, ultimately, you want to bring them that bit of joy again. Not that they haven't got it, but just as it just, it just, I think it's just naturally human if you see someone suddenly then light up and start dancing from what they were like before it just immediately make you happy so you know how i was saying that people do brain scans on patients Mm. or just participants who are listening to music so the let's say the reporter of the documentary she was put into a brain scan and she was listening to music while they were scanning her brain and they found that when she was listening to music so they've played like a sort of a classical slightly emotional piece of music and then she and then they played um a song that she liked which was by train and they found that when she was listening to the classical one 
it tapped into the parts of her brain that's involved with emotion. And then with the other music, it tapped into the brain where it was involved with memory because obviously she has sort of a meaningful link with that song. And you can see in that brain scan which parts of the brain has the most activity. Yeah. Oh, cool. So the red parts are basically where there's most, where's the, where there's the most activity in the brain. So now that we've heard about the benefits of music therapy that it has on people, but have you heard about music therapy for dogs? No, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, because I would love to hear it. It's really cute. There's a lot of research on music therapy for dogs specifically. There are um, music therapy for other animals, but not as much research on dogs. So you've got all these research on these dogs, but specifically those who live in kennels, shelters, or service dogs. Both my dogs were from rescue shelters. Yep. So so it's based mainly on the ones that are maybe going through a bit of a traumatic time, being in yeah. a kennel, being in the rescue home. So ones that need kind of therapy like us humans do. Yeah, because kennels and shelter dogs, they've had pretty rough life. Mm. And then service dogs would be those who work in the police or for the okay. police or for the military, which is really stressful. Oh think about what they have to do. You've got police. <laughs> we think we're overworked, underpaid. Yeah, these poor no dogs. <laughs> They might get a home, they're a like treat. That, <laughs> Give me the money. Give me the treats. <laughs> I want steak for lunch. Yeah, they would, I'd give them steak. Yeah, they deserve it. And if you think about it, they're under a lot of stress, these dogs. Especially... They're going home, they're like, Christ, what a day. What a day. <laughs> oh, I have to sniff yeah. so many people these days. Yeah. So yeah, they're under a lot of stress due to the environments they are exposed to whilst working. Um, I'd think the military would be quite traumatic. I've read in a few studies and articles that military dogs, they get PTSD as well. Oh, of course. Bombings, everything. They've still got little brains in there. It's not like no. they would just be immune to it all. They're probably thinking, what the actual bleep is going on? Yeah. And the thing is, these dogs have been, well, service dogs specifically, they have been trained since they were puppies, so that's all they know in their whole entire lives. And they were trained using positive reinforcements, so oh, good job, well done, treats, and all of that. And they do not how they do not know how to separate their work from play, so they would just continue sniffing for things, tracking things down. And they were using a dog to track down a scent, specifically to track down. A suspect and the weather was hot and humid and the dog was clearly getting overheated it was panting heavily and it looked exhausted but it wasn't given up it was a good dog it wanted to find doesn't that scent die. no it doesn't die but it almost died oh. but the so their human partners the officers um rushed them to the vets and it was a whole team of vets, like three, four oh, professionals. She was literally overworked. Yeah, he was panting and he was so oh, hot. I was doing that at work. 
I think they'll just take you to a mental asylum. <laughs> there she goes again. Take her in a stray jacket. That's what you're like if you're not really good at you get Take her to the petrol station to get a lottery ticket. I actually want to buy one today. <laughs> 67 million. <laughs> that could be me. That could be me. So yeah, he was panting heavily, looked exhausted, and the whole team of vets tried to cool the poor dog down with alcohol and multiple ice packs. They were hosing him down with, I think it was cold water. Why did they say alcohol? Because that's what it said in the documentary. I don't know what the alcohol does. Maybe he had open wounds as well, perhaps. Oh, maybe. I wasn't too sure about that. Go on, mate, have a beer. You'll be all right. <laughs> Calm down. Buzz Light. <laughs> Carlsberg. I'll give you anything. So that's what some of these service dogs have to go through. Yeah, that's horrific. To find so it's really interesting a you criminal. That, um, they don't know the difference between play and work. Yeah. If that... If they've been trained that way, that's just all they... Yeah. But if that officer didn't stop it and take it to the vets, he would probably lost his life. So, so that's one of the dangers that they have to go through yeah, as a dogs. service Music dog. Therapy. Music therapy. That's where we're going to go to. We're moving on we're to moving music on therapy. We're first year. Yep. So all these um, music therapy studies are on dogs who are in rescue centres and in dog shelters. who And they clearly have been stressful, awful situations. You know, abuse living on the streets, the whole lot. Bowman et al. If you're not, if you don't know what et al means. It... I don't know what I mean. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> I will tell you. I don't know, I started going, what the hell is she talking <laughs> about? I don't, imagine if I was like, yeah, she ain't using great <laughs> Listen up. Listen up, dummies. I'll tell them. <laughs> et al. Tell us, tell us. Etel essentially means and others. So it wasn't just oh, Bowman. Et al. Yeah, Etel. You need the gap, et al. Oh, I just et link al. it. Etel. 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 Music. <laughs> this is the theme Hello. of music. <laughs> Bowman, Etel. Etel means and, and others. others. So it wasn't just Bowman. He had other people to help him with the research. So I'll read the little abstract so on admission to rescue and rehoming center dog sorry let me read that again on admission to rescue and rehoming sent <laughs> what's wrong with me on admission to rescue and rehoming centers dogs are faced oh there we go let's try that it's again like they're both there yeah on admission to rescue and rehoming centers dogs are faced with a variety of short and long-term stresses including novelty Spatial slash social restriction and increased noise levels, which is true because they're being locked up in a cage, really. Yeah. With not a lot of the, space. No, and also the barking. Barking because they're not on their own. They're not isolated. They're with other dogs who are probably more anxious or more traumatised. It's like being in, not like prison, but you know when you watch prison documentaries and they're all like, ah, oh, they're, they're like shouting in their, in their cells. Bit like that, but for dogs. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, let me out. But... <laughs> yeah. So the study showed that dogs in the non-music therapy 
exposure group and the one that is in music therapy group spent significantly more time sitting slash lying and silent and less time standing and barking when they are being played music. I think it. I think they used classical music or maybe different genres of music. Well, a lot of um, people. I've, I've got quite a few friends that if they leave their dogs home alone, they'll leave like the radio on. Yeah. Or they'll leave like the TV on, which is very not environmentally friendly. Thank you very much. But it's comforting for it's the dog. It's comforting for them. They feel like they're not just like on their own. Um, and the dogs were found to spend significantly more time lying and significantly less time standing when music was played, regardless of genre. So you could play your dog heavy a bit metal, of reggae. Or heavy metal. I will get onto that because there's a different study that shows that um, exposed dogs to heavy metal. But I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. okay. I can't wait. <laughs> so going back to Bowman et al. Et al. Et al. Et al. And he's like, I'm off to see my therapist, mate. I'll be back in a couple of days. Oh, fair. Let me know how it is. I might sign up. Which shows decreased stress when dogs were played soft rock and reggae with a lesser effect observed when Motown, pop and classical genres were played. So these dogs loved their soft rock and reggae. That was their, like, favourites. Yeah, that was their jam. That was their jam. How funny. I can see reggae, it's quite... And then another study, Kogan et al., which was conducted in 2012. So they also found that their heart rate variability, which is the physiological phenomenon of variation in the time interval between heartbeats, so just how the heartbeat changes. And it was significantly higher. They tested this on dogs who are in kennels but there were dogs who are in there for short periods of time but even then it's it's quite stressful for a dog to go through that and they were saying they were under continual stress with a lot of anxiety and the study investigated the impact of music so they used classical uh heavy metal and specifically designed slash altered classical so they just edited a bit of classical and they showed the impact of those genres on activity level vocalization um, and body shaking and they used 117 kenneled dogs and the results suggest that classical music leads to kennel dogs spending more time sleeping and less time vocalizing than when exposed to other music types or no music and then we're going to get to the heavy metal music. Give it to me, baby. Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I love that you came in with that. Because I was like, if you don't know what that is, that's weird for me to Now that all the girlies say are yeah. pretty fly for a white <laughs> guy. Sorry. So heavy metal music compared with other music genres appears to increase body shaking. So these poor dogs... No, I think they're shaking in fear because no. they're like, what is this heavy metal music? They're just they're like that. Oh, please stop. Please stop the heavy metal. Listen to listen to this, et al, and whoever those others were. Don't put those dogs through any more stress. Yeah. 
So the body shaking is suggestive of nervousness. Oh, no, no, no. It means <laughs> All the calm. screaming. It means they're calm and relaxed. So that's what they found. Um, well I'm, done. What a great study. <laughs> and a really nice outcome of this study is the Madrid police force has started using music therapy for their service dogs. Oh. Because one of the officers read about it on an article or something, and they tried using music therapy on their oh. service dogs. So when That's they so were funny. when they weren't listening to music, they were just jumping about because they're so excited. They're like, oh, yeah, let me sniff another fighter. <laughs> yeah. So they were, yeah, they were very hyperactive and very excited. But when the classical music was playing, they calmed down. They were lying on the floor. They looked like they were about to fall asleep. Oh, it's like yoga. Why did you say like that? Yoga. Like yoga. <laughs> Love it, yoga. He's starting to sound like Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Slowly, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really cut that out. Oh, cut that out. I will cut that out. Thanks. Yeah, that is my little music therapy theme for this you week. You do your links. I've got my links. I'm ready. I'm ready. All I need to do is copy and paste it on our website. Yeah, I'll do that. And I'll put, I guess I can just put documentary that you can watch. And I'll check if you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I want to put that picture up of um, MJ in the back. Yes. See what people think. I think we could. 23 do- followers. Let me know what you think. <laughs> And all of them are Zoe's friends. <laughs> Woo! No, they're not. There's some like. It's just funny the people that like promote it on. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. We're just okay. spamming us. Yeah. Leave us alone. I think it'd be quite nice um, if we post on our social media pictures of things that um, we've talked about on the pod. Yeah. So, so like uh, dogs. Dogs, Amy Winehouse, Social Dilemma, Don't with Cats, Yes, Morticians, <laughs> and what was your first week? Catch you, what workers. So yeah, that's also if you tuned in, and those are things we've talked about in our previous ones. If you want to check them out, yeah. all on Spotify. But sorry, I meant to say that's really heartwarming and really sweet, and that's made me feel really good. Yeah. I wanted a more uplifting. That's what my goal is. Well, talking of which, let's do our next week topic. I bet it's like the most depressing story you can find. And I'll be like, yes, my week. (laughs) Got to use the profanity preventers again. Ah, what a shame. ASMR. Help, Zoe, are you okay? (laughs) She needs to be cooled down with alcohol. Oh, sorry. Oh, I want to shave. Oh, you want to shave? Who Sorry. picked it? Was it? I picked it last week. Okay, right. I'm sure. Yeah, I think you did. You take the one out because remember social media good and bad. Again. Oh. It's Wagamamas. <laughs> okay. Can I just say, I hate Wagamamas. <laughs> <laughs> I love it even more now. It's been not tasted yet. What would I? Hmm. I would just express my hatred for it. Who put a little love heart as well? <laughs> I bet. I think it's someone who knew that I didn't like Wagamamas. <laughs> Good. Right. So, so tune in next week for the topic of Wagamamas. See you next time, folks.
Bye.